Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't like or love and sometimes feel like they just can't clean and organize, which I don't think all of that was grammatically correct, but whatever. That's what I get for changing my little opening thing. So this is podcast number 247, and I'm going to call it Decluttering in Uncertain Times, because that's what we're living in. Today is March 16th of 2020. If you're listening to this in real time, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say uncertain times. If you're listening to this in the future, you probably know even better than we do right now what I mean by that. Um, this is Monday. My podcast comes out on Thursday. The way things have been going in the world right now, I don't know what Thursday is going to look like as far as just our everyday life. Um, yeah, I can't imagine any, anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, but the world is bonkers right now. It's a little bit crazy um, with the COVID-19 or coronavirus or whatever and schools being closed and all that kind of stuff. So it is um, uncertain times. So I'm going to talk about uh, that today and I'm going to come at it from three. I'm going to have three parts to this. This is going to make it sound like this is a super organized podcast. We will see. Three parts. First of all, I'm going to talk about my reaction to the current uncertainty. This is the part where, um, I mean, I just want to assure you, I have not developed a potty mouth or anything like that. But if you listen with your kids, which I know a lot of you do, and this is something that you're trying to kind of control this narrative or whatever in in your world, um, you might want to skip this part because I'm going to be really honest about just some of the um, my reactions and how they relate to clutter and decluttering and stuff like that. And I feel like it's important to talk about because, you know, I get emails from people all the time, like literally every day, pretty much just saying, oh my goodness, your thoughts, your reactions are my reactions. So I think it's important to talk about this because there are probably some of you, not all of you who've had similar reactions. So um, I'm also going to talk after that about the benefits that I am experiencing currently because of decluttering that I've done in the past, which then reminding myself of those things helps me break through some of the weird reactions that I'm having. And then ways to approach decluttering if you're finding yourself paralyzed by the current situation. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, you ready? I've given you all your warning. Here we go. Now I'm talking about my reactions. So just to be completely honest, I have been more panicky feeling than I would have thought that I would be. I'm kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can say I'm kind of because of what I'm going through right now, but you know, I generally am a, when things are in upheaval, I'm kind of the person who's like, all right, then let's do this, 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 and this, you know, like it kind of drives my husband crazy because that's when my major take over, take charge mentality comes in as when things are bananas, you know, like, and, and I, that's, I, I think of my theater background and stuff. It's like, things fall apart, whatever, you have to fix it immediately. There's no like, okay, well, let's stop and have a meeting in the middle of a play when somebody's, um, you know, skirt fell off or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, I like that's just kind of my where I've always felt was my wheelhouse. So I'm a little bit surprised by my um, kind of my panicky feelings over all of this. Um, 
And when, you know, because decluttering is my job, somehow, some way this has happened in my life. Um, you know, I think about it a lot. I think about you guys. I think about what my role is in this is y'all listening to my podcast and things like that. And so um, I was a little surprised that with um, kind of the stuff going on that I was like, my first reaction was, I wonder if, you know, with people being home, if this will be similar to that week between Christmas and New Year's when people are home and everybody's decluttering. Um, And I was like, I wonder if it'll be like that, you know, huh? Okay, I need to be ready for that. But then I had this reaction of, I don't want to declutter. I want to hold on to everything. And I was like, okay, well, I know that's not a good way to be. So why in the world am I feeling this way? Well, I feel like, um, you know, I've talked very openly in the past, you know, about and in, in my books, in my um, blog posts, you know, a lot of you have read from the very beginning of the blog, which if you've got nothing else to do right now, this might be the time for you to go do that. You can go to a slobcomesclean.com. And I believe it's under get started or new here or something like that at the top. Um, if you're on mobile, just click on the little three line thing and it'll pop up the categories or whatever. And it'll um, show you and you can, you know, see there how to read backwards from the very beginning of the blog. Cause I think it's important to know that process that I've gone through. And as part of that process, I've always been very honest about the things that would go through my head, especially in the beginning when I was decluttering. And this was something that was I mean, I had to do because of all the years I'd been collecting things. And one of my things I've realized is that a lot of my collecting of stuff was for these possibilities in the future. You know, like, won't I be glad if such and such ever happened, or if the world ran out of Advil, wouldn't I be glad that I had kept this expired Advil? And I mean, like weird things, even though I'm whatever, even though, you know, I've come to the point where I've realized, yeah, I don't think I would take it anyway, if it's that far expired. And so, you know, it's been a process of me letting go of a lot of this. And I think some of that, some of my stuff collecting was like a hero complex. You know, I mean, I was the person and I talked about this in how to manage your home without losing your mind, my first book that um, I was the person that when my church needed cowboy boots to decorate for a vacation Bible school, I was like, well, I've got 57 pairs, you know, and it's kind of a long story. And it has to do with because I used to buy them to put on eBay. But anyway, that hero thing is part of why I had so much clutter. Well, now I'm kind of in a time where you go, okay, do I need to step up and be a hero? I don't know. You know, and I'm like, what have I gotten rid of over the past 10 years that we might desperately need as the world is, you know, who I'm not trying to be, you know, alarmist or anything like that. My goodness, I know there's so many different ways to react to this. I'm just being honest with the thoughts that have gone through my head. Like, when I thought about decluttering, I thought, wait, I may have gotten rid of some stuff in the past that we may need. And then I started to doubt myself and I started, and this is not like a, oh my goodness, here I am. I'm telling you guys this. Okay. I pretended like this was going to be organized. It's not. I'm just trying to be honest with y'all and say that these are the things that have gone through my head. Okay. I found myself when I thought of decluttering, feeling paralyzed, thinking, 
we should probably just keep everything for right now. This is probably not the time for us to be getting rid of things because um, who knows what we're going to need, you know, if the grocery stores, you know, which I think they're going to stay open, but you know what I mean? Like what, what if, what if, what if, what if, and it just made me feel like maybe I shouldn't declutter right now. But then as I move into the next section of this podcast, where um, I'm hopefully not being quite as neurotic, I had to remind myself of the things that I'm so thankful for that are results of decluttering over the past 10 years. Okay. So I have been doing this for getting close to 11 years now and I have made huge progress in my home. Part of that is realizing that decluttering will always be a thing for me. There will never be a time where my house is completely decluttered. There's not a time for anybody. The reason people's houses stay decluttered is because they keep decluttering anyway. But I've had to realize that I tend to collect more stuff than the average person. I tend to have bigger decluttering projects than the average person. Um, But reminding myself of the good that my family has experienced from decluttering helps calm me down and go, okay, that's not rational, Dana, for me to have this hero complex, which results in me just not doing anything. Because the paralysis is not good. Decluttering paralysis is real. And it's never a good thing. Okay. So if I choose to keep something for a rational reason, great. But if I just won't even look and can't even deal and just turn away, that's not a good thing. That's decluttering paralysis. And if I just leave it and don't even look at it, then I don't even know what we have just in case we do need it. You know what I mean? And so there's going to be stuff in that pile that I'm ignoring that even if we did need it, I wouldn't know it was there. And then we would be without in a situation where we might really need it, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean, right? Okay. So reminding myself of the positive results of the decluttering work that I've done help me through this situation. Okay. Now, if you're thinking, well, I haven't, maybe you're at the very beginning, maybe you just found the podcast, maybe you just realized there are other people out there like you. My goal is to let you enjoy the advantages of the things that I've figured out over the years. Okay, so here we go. Things I'm glad for. My house is 10,000 times. Now that might be an exaggeration, except that it's what it feels like. 10,000 times more livable than it was when I started this whole deslobification process. Okay. And I'm really thankful for that right now. Because we as a family of five adult sized people, okay, I don't have any little kids anymore. We are adult sized people. And we're living in it 24 seven together. Okay. So that fact, I just have to remind myself, wait, this would have been a lot harder if I had not done all that decluttering. (sighs) We have space to relax. I don't, I mean, I can go into my living room and enjoy a movie with my family, which we're just, I would love to hear y'all's movie suggestions for whole families, especially with teenagers, because we're just watching a movie every night. So thankful for digital stuff. But I mean, really, we're just watching a movie every night. And I can go in there and I can relax with my family. And I'm not seeing clutter because we've decluttered those spaces. And, you know, yeah, there's still some spaces that need to be decluttered. But guess what? My house is a thousand, ten thousand times more livable, and we're living in it 
And so this time period is easier because of the stuff that we have done, the decluttering that we've done over the last 10 years. I am 10,000 times, again, an estimation, more aware, realistically, of what we actually have in our house. That is the thing that is like the catch 22 of not decluttering because I am worried about getting rid of something that we might end up needing of just not decluttering. Okay. Of like not even starting because I think, well, I don't, we're probably going to need everything. So I'm just not going to do the catch 22 is when I would be paralyzed and just leave the pile. I didn't know what we had in our house. It wasn't in my consciousness, in my awareness, but just the fact that I have gone through and then gone through again, these spaces in my home, these storage spaces where I put all these useful things, I am aware of what we have in our house. And so when I remind myself of that, I go, yeah, I know what we have. I know what we actually need. I know where things are. Instead of just having that nagging feeling, which is one of the biggest difficulties of when my house was a big, huge cluttered mess, was having this nagging feeling when I needed something of, I think I probably have one of those somewhere. I just have no idea where it was because everything was a storage space, the closet, the entire game room, which wasn't called a game room because it was just called this random room where I stuck stuff, the garage, the everywhere, everything was a storage space. And so I'm like, I know I have it, but I would have to literally rip my house apart to be able to find it. And then I still might never find it. And so it was just that nagging feeling of now I'm like, yes, I know. I know what we have. I don't always know exactly where it is, but I'm pretty confident that I'm going to find it in the first place where I look for it because that's how I declutter. I ask myself, where's the first place where I would look for it? And then I take it there right now. And so I'm able to have this consciousness and this awareness and this confidence, which is one of the number one things in a time of uncertainty, having that confidence of knowing what I have and where to find it, that does a lot in combating that uncertainty, okay? Now I have to remind myself of this because what's my natural tendency? Well, my natural tendency is to be paralyzed by clutter. So all of these strategies that I have are to prevent myself from being paralyzed by clutter. Anyway, um, I can find and get to the things that I need. I'm thankful for my past decluttering regrets. I am, you know, and I think that's one of the main issues right now is that fear of doing something, of decluttering something, of getting rid of something that I'm going to end up regretting. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Remember breakfast cereal? When I was growing up, breakfast cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But as an adult, you realize that all your favorites, mm -hmm, they're full of sugar and junk that you maybe shouldn't eat anymore. And now breakfast can be boring. Our sponsor, Magic Spoon, is a new cereal company that's discovered a way to recreate your favorite childhood cereals with zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Magic Spoon offers four flavors based on the all-time classics, cocoa, fruity, 
Frosted and Blueberry, plus a variety pack that lets you try them all. Magic Spoon spent over a year working with the best food scientists and chefs in the world to recreate the taste and texture of classic sugary cereal, but it tastes so incredible you'd never guess it was healthy. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. You've got to try Magic Spoon to believe it because it tastes amazing. I personally got to try a variety pack and several of the people in my house were beyond excited to get this in the mail. The blueberry was gone like that. I personally like to eat it dry and my son loves it the traditional way with milk. It really honestly is yummy. Go to magicspoon.com slash clean to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code clean at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash clean and use the code clean for free shipping. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. Our next sponsor is Third Love. I personally do not like to be uncomfortable. If something is itchy, I won't ever wear it again. Thanks to Third Love, I don't have to worry about that when it comes to bras. They are all about being comfortable. Are you nervous about buying a bra online though? With Third Love, their Fit Finder quiz is super easy to use. Just answer a few simple questions to help you find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 15 million women have taken the quiz to date. I took it. It's really easy and asks questions I wouldn't have even known needed to be asked. It's actually fun and takes less than a minute to complete. Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. Plus, they offer a perfect fit promise. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available to help via chat or email and returns and exchanges are free and easy. Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash clean now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash clean for 15% off today. I have lived through a lot of decluttering regret. Now it feels more serious and more significant if I get rid of something that I shouldn't have. But all of those times of living through decluttering regret, I'm thankful for them. Okay, so here's the thing. The the example that pops into my head is something that doesn't even matter now. Okay. But, but it still is important for me to think about it and go, you know what, we're going to be okay. And that is, I remember getting rid of, and I can't even remember what my rationale was, but I got rid of a soap dispenser for some reason. Like it was a real pretty one. I think I'd gotten it at a garage sale years ago and I really liked it. But for some reason I had decided I was going to get rid of it. And then for some reason, don't even remember the reason. See, a couple months later, I was like, Oh, I need a soap dispenser. And I went and I bought one almost exactly like the one that I had gotten rid of. Okay. Soap dispensers, y'all, 
they don't matter. I mean, really, you know, we have, yes, it's important to wash our hands, but we've got plenty of the little ones that came for a dollar, you know, that we refill those and they're not as pretty, but they're fine. Okay. And I can see and be much more aware with them being clear, you know, exactly how much in there is in there. And that was something that didn't matter. But as I think about that feeling of, oh my goodness. And then the realization that, oh, it only, you know, I mean, I I think I ordered it on Amazon for $8 or something like that and had another one in a couple days. Now, right now I'm thinking, well, okay, is is Amazon going to keep being a thing? I don't know. Are they going to, you know, pause that for a little while? Would I not be able to? But then I go, yeah, but let me get down to what actually, actually matters. Would we be fine? without a soap dispenser at all? Yeah, we would. And I also realized that a lot of the things over the years that I've had decluttering regret over, we've just made do. And making do is kind of the name of the game these days, wouldn't you say? Okay, in our in our weird situation that we're in right now. So there are things that yes, I have regretted getting rid of. But now I see a lot of those things with a different perspective as realizing, okay, they don't actually matter. That's not something that I'm going, oh my goodness, if we only had a really pretty soap dispenser right now, that doesn't matter. Okay. So it just gives me different perspective on, on now. And then honestly, you know, I thought it was interesting in my, um, did you guys love the kindred spirits? Uh, interview last week. I just thought that was so good. Anyway, um, don't forget, if you'd like to be a member of the Kindred Spirits, you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Join us there. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, (laughs) that's funny. I was talking about concentration. Anyway, somebody had mentioned today um, in the Kindred Spirits group that uh, her concentration, that that's the thing she's really struggling with right now, just because there are weird stresses, things are out of routine, blah, blah, blah. And she was just mentioned the word concentration. And I was like, yes. And as y'all know, because you've listened to my podcast, even just this episode, if it's your first one, concentration is one of my number one struggles, you know, is, is staying focused and all that. And so I'm incredibly thankful for all the experience that I've had decluttering in my home and that I've come up with steps. So all of my steps are completely built around my natural tendency to struggle with concentration and how to combat that and make progress anyway and keep going even when I get distracted. Well, now that concentration and distraction are ramped up significantly for me, but also for other people who don't normally struggle with that. I'm thankful to have my five basic decluttering steps that keep me on track. So I'm very thankful for that experience. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I will tell you my five steps. They are laid out very clearly, very exhaustively in decluttering at the speed of life, which is my second book, you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash book and find that there. Just so you know, both of my books are audiobooks as well, which means you can have them digitally delivered. Okay, you don't have to be a member of Audible, you can get it anywhere you can get an audiobook. But if you already have an Amazon account, you can buy the audio the digital audiobook on Amazon, and then just download the Audible app 
on your phone. I think you can probably get it on your computer as well. And it will play in there. You don't have to be like a member of Audible where you um, pay every month or anything like that. You just use the app to play the books that you bought on Amazon digitally. Anyway, but those are there and that talks you through the whole process. So as you're doing this, you know, you can listen to that. But I'm very thankful for these steps because they keep me on track and they also are designed to help me break through that paralysis that I always struggle with and that is heightened right now in these uncertain times. Okay. So step number one, this is the super short version, but I don't want to leave anything out for you. Number one is grab a black trash bag and start throwing away trash. Needs to be black so that the people in your house can't see what you're putting inside of it. But the purpose of this step is to get you moving, is to let you look at a space and go, there's probably no trash. It's probably all really important. And it's probably all stuff that I would be desperately regretting getting rid of if I got rid of it. That's fine. Maybe that's all true. Look for trash anyway. Okay. And by doing that, you'll either find trash, which you probably will, and reduce the overall volume of the mess, which then reduces your feeling of being overwhelmed. Or even if you don't find find trash, you will have a much more realistic picture of what's actually in this space, because you've looked through it. Okay, and that's going to help with your feeling of paralysis and overwhelm. Number two is the easy stuff. Easy stuff is anything that's in this space that you're decluttering that has a home somewhere else in your house. It's just not there for whatever reason. We're not going to worry about what the reason is. Just take that stuff to its home, to its already established home. So there's no like reasoning or thinking through. It's like, oh, why is there a tennis shoe in my, I don't know, my suitcase closet? I have no idea. I'm making these things up. Um, Why is there a tennis shoe in here? I'm going to go take this to where the tennis shoes go. So you're not going, okay, where do we put tennis shoes? We're not talking about that. Okay. We're just talking about easy stuff. No decisions to make, no emotional angst, no anything like that. Okay. Um, And then the third step is duh clutter, which is just stuff that as you go through, you don't have to ask yourself about, you're just going to stick it straight in the donate box. Okay. So always have a donatable donate box, meaning the box itself is going to leave your house along with the stuff that's inside. So you don't ever have to go back through it again. And it forces you to make a final decision when you put things in there. But as you go through things, be like, oh, well, this, of course, this gets donated. I'm not going to ask myself questions. It just gets donated. And the other thing that I think is really important, this is random, kind of off topic, but mostly on the topic of um, having that donatable donate box that I think is really important right now is don't be paralyzed by the idea that your local thrift store is closed and you can't take it there all the way right now. Like, don't let that be the reason that you don't declutter. Well, I'm not going to actually be able to get it out of my house. And so, because if the donate box is donatable, meaning you're never going to go through it again, you can use this time to make those decisions, even if the stuff isn't actually leaving your house and it's, you know, in a corner of your garage or in a corner of your living room or whatever. I mean, that's not ideal, but we're not living in ideal times right now. Okay. So, just remember that. Okay. That donatable donate box is really important. And go back and listen. If you haven't before listened to the podcast I did not too long ago about what counts as decluttering. Okay. Um, and give yourself permission to do things in a less than perfect way. Cause like I said, we're not living in perfect times right now. Okay. Your fourth step is your two decluttering questions. This is how you work through the stuff that's left over after you've 
taken the easy stuff to their already established homes, after you've gotten rid of trash, after you've pulled out the things that are obvious donations. Then you get down to the stuff where you're like, I don't know where this stuff goes. Okay. Ask yourself these two questions. Question number one, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? It's would, not should. You're going on instinct here. And then wherever is your first instinct-based answer to that, take it there right now. Okay. Go ahead and take it there. And if you can't answer question number one, then ask yourself question number two, which is if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? Okay. If you didn't know you had it, but you're like, oh, I'm so glad I have this. Well, then you've already answered the question, where would I look for this first? Okay. But if you can't answer that first question, then be honest with yourself and let that go. Okay. That might be a little bit difficult right now because of this uncertainty. If you find yourself stuck on something because you're like, I would never have gone looking for this. I don't know where I would look for it. I just can't let go of this right now because of the uncertainty or whatever that you're feeling. Just set it aside and move to the next thing. I mean, really, don't let that stop you in your decluttering process. Just move to the next thing and make a decision about that. Okay. This is not the time to get stuck on something. All right. Um, Cause your space is still going to be better off than it was before. If you go through everything, but that one item. Oh, and then your fifth step is to purge down to the limits of your container. So let's say that you found books in all different kinds of places. You brought them all to the bookshelf where you would look for them first and there's more than will fit on the shelf. Start purging your least favorite until you only have what fits and actually fits, not shoved in sideways, but what fits on the shelf for you to be able to use it. Okay. A con- and this is um, the container concept. It's implementing the container concept. One way to do that is consolidate. Consolidating is kind of fun these days. I mean, really, as you're just trying to become aware, and I'll talk about this in the next section of the podcast too, but you know, as you're becoming aware of what is it that we have, I need to have inventory. Consolidating helps, you know, put all of the like stuff together. And as you do that, then you're able to be so much more aware of what you have. And that kind of naturally identifies some things that you don't need to keep. Okay. If you have 15 skillets, you know, and they're all in different random places stuck into the cabinets, you probably don't realize or have awareness that you have 15 skillets. You just know that you love skillets and you have a lot of skillets because you pick them up every time you see them, whatever. But if you put them all together, your brain's going to go, oh, yeah, I don't need 15 skillets. Okay. So that, those are the five steps. So it's um, trash, easy stuff, duh, ask the two decluttering questions, and then make it fit by implementing the container concept. All right, there's plenty of other podcasts on that. Get the book. This is a great time for you to to look through that. We all want to make healthy choices, right? I'm excited to have Ritual as a new sponsor of the podcast. Ritual Essential for Women is the multivitamin reimagined. From D3 to omega-3, Ritual's Essential for Women helps fill gaps in a woman's diet. Their no-nausea capsule design is gentle on an empty stomach, and there's a mint tab in every bottle to keep things fresh so you don't get that fishy aftertaste common with most omega-3s. I'm excited to try it out. My first shipment should be here soon, but I want to tell you about their website. Honestly, I found their website fascinating because they talk about each ingredient that is included, why they include it, and then the part that I find really fascinating, 
where they source that ingredient from. So you fully understand what is in this multivitamin and why. Better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash clean to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash clean. Now we're going to talk about things to do with this strange, unexpected downtime. Because that's what it is, right? It's strange, unexpected downtime. So a little story that I'm sure I've told at some point, but I think it's been a while. I had a 4.0 one semester in college. So I was salutatorian of my high school class, which I'm not sure if that's what you call it everywhere. But anyway, that's your number two person as far as grades and stuff, everything. So, um, you know, school was never really difficult for me or anything. And I, you know, wanted, always wanted to make sure that my grades were high in high school, but I made a decision when I went to college that I was there to have fun, not in a bad way, but just have fun. And I was not going to stress out about, you know, not having a 4.0, but the one semester I had a 4.0 was the semester that I had no life. And, um, that was when I had transferred to a different school for my sophomore year and I had missed, you know, so it's hard as a transfer anyway. And then I had also missed all of the kind of opening ceremonies or whatever they do, you know, with people before school actually starts when you do with the new people. I had missed all of that because my grandfather had died in a car accident right as I was heading to college. So I stayed home for the funeral, missed all of that. And anyway, that was a semester where I just was figuring things out. You know, I didn't, didn't have a lot to do. I mean, they're just, you know, I was super involved as a freshman, the place I went as a freshman, um, loved it, had a great time. My grades were okay, but they weren't amazing, but I didn't care. And then as a sophomore, you know, it just, it it wasn't even like I was trying really hard. I just had no life for that first semester. And so I got a 4.0 because I did everything I was supposed to do. And study because I don't have anything else to do, you know? So the reason I tell you that story, that's kind of bragging a little bit. Anyway, the reason I tell you that story (laughs) is that that's how I view this time. You know, this is like, if you're stuck at home, which I know a lot of people listening are nurses and you are far from stuck at home and I am incredibly thankful for you. Okay. Like so thankful for you. Just want to say that. Okay. Give yourself a whole lot of grace in all of this. And realize that you are completely in survival mode and and don't kick yourself over this if your dishes aren't done. Okay. But for a lot of us, we are literally stuck at home in a way that we never have been before. I mean, you know, it's one thing when, oh, okay, you're home because you're sick or you're home because of this. We are stuck, like stuck. Anyway, no idea how long it's going to last, but I have a feeling it's going to be a little while. Anyway, as you have this time at home with quote unquote, nothing to do, realize that all those times where you've said, and I know this because I say it too, I'm just too busy. I've got too much going on to, you know, keep the dishes done, blah, blah. All those excuses are gone. All those legitimate reasons are gone. Okay. So remind yourself that Dana got a 4.0 the semester that she had no life, which means if you have no life, 
your house is hopefully going to stay a little bit cleaner. Now it's going to be challenging because everybody's home and there's all that, but you know, this is the time. This is the time for us to shine. Now here, here's the other thing too, is to remember that, you know, I've seen cause Oh, the memes, who the memes are strong these days, aren't they? Anyway, you know, I saw something recently about, um, somebody was, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was basically talking about, okay, you know, I have nothing to do. So I get up and I get my kitchen perfect and sparkly and I wash the floors and I do, you know, it's talking about all these kind of extreme things that you don't normally do. And then it's eight o'clock in the morning, you know, and it, and I'm y'all, that's not us. I, I mean, I would love it if that was us, but that's not me. Uh, maybe it's a few of you and that's awesome. And that's great. And thanks for listening even though I don't know why, but whatever. But like, for real, like that's, that's not us. But we still can do a lot in our homes over these, you know, however many weeks that we're going to be in our houses. So focus on the four basics. I just recently, I think it was two weeks ago, did a podcast on the basics, what they are, how to implement them. You'll probably be able to implement them a whole lot sooner more quickly than you would if you were going about your normal life. Okay. But if you have cut out all going anywhere, I mean, even, you know, those who homeschool, I know a lot of you guys do homeschool. I don't, but I'm imagining that even for somebody who's already used to being home with your kids nonstop, when you don't have church activities or sports or co-op or all these different kinds of things, it's just different. And you're just stuck at home you know, focus on these four basics, time yourself, time yourself with the kids, you know, let the kids help with the basics, figure out how long these things actually take, which then is going to benefit you when life get back gets back to normal, because you're going to have a much better understanding of, oh, that's right. Emptying the dishwasher takes four minutes, emptying the dishwasher when we do it together takes two and a half minutes. You know, I mean, just realizing that, you know, make, you can make it a game with your kids or not. I don't care. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna be like, make it a game with your kids to see how long it takes you to get the house cleaned up. If you want to do that, awesome. If that makes you go, oh, it's just one more, don't do it. I mean, who cares? And, you know, just time yourself if you don't, if that stretches you out to think about timing yourself doing it with your kids. But, you know, improve your times, like either work to improve your times or just see if your times improve. They're going to. They're going to. If you're doing this every day, your times, you're going to get better at unloading your dishwasher. You may not have any concept right now that unloading your dishwasher is a skill. It is. I have some little, you know, I mean, I'm much better at filling up my hands with everything that goes you know, six steps in that direction in my kitchen, because I do it every day. Okay, so you know, start timing yourself, seeing if you can shave off five seconds or 10 seconds here or there. Other things to do, do that first laundry day. If you have read how to manage your home without losing your mind, or if you've listened to my podcasts on laundry and how I implement laundry day, you know that the first laundry day is the hardest. Sometimes the first laundry day takes a week and a half. Well, guess what you've got right now? A week and a half. Okay. Maybe it'll just make it to where when everything gets back to normal in a week, which it probably won't, you have that done and you can see if you can work it into your life. But most likely we're going to be in this situation for a couple weeks. 
at least. And you're going to get to see, oh, that first time I did laundry day took forever. Laundry day meaning it has a beginning, a middle and an end. You sort everything, you run through all run through all of the loads, you get them all folded, you get them all put away, and you don't worry about the things that are newly put into the hampers because that's next week's laundry. Okay, go listen to those podcasts, but or read the book or listen to the book, whatever. Um, but my point is that you're going to get to experience that because most likely, cannot predict the future, but most likely a week from your first laundry day, you're going to still be at home looking for stuff to do. So you're going to do laundry day again. And then you get to experience that, oh, that's a week's worth of laundry. I've never tried it before because I never believed her because I just never had a day at home to do laundry. Well, now you do. Okay. And I know not all of you do. I get that. Okay. But I'm just saying, but you're at home, you get to experience that you go, Oh, that's how much. Okay. And then you do it again the next week and you're even better at it. And you've experienced the fact that when you do a laundry day, you don't have to think about laundry or feel guilty about laundry or worry about having enough clean underwear for six whole days of your week. And you go, wow, that was nice. That was worth it. And then you start thinking, how can I work this into my normal life as normal life comes back? As you do laundry day, be slow and methodical because you've got time about putting it all away. Like everything. I did a really great laundry day last week, meaning didn't go, oh, well, that technically could wait. Um, you know, a couple little things in the bottom of the hamper sheets or blankets or whatever. I mean, I got it all done. And as I did that, I'm like, okay, this is the max. This is the max because if I had more than this, my drawers wouldn't close. And that's such a great reminder and visual implementation, physical implementation of the container concept. The container concept being the drawers that I have need to be able to close. They can only fit so many clothes. So if I have more clothes than will fit in this drawer and it's still be able to close, or if it can't close because I have too many clothes, mm, clothes and clothes. That's interesting. Anyway, if I have too many clothes and so it can't close, then I need to get rid of some of the clothes so that it can close. <laughs> and if you really want to have fun, just record a podcast and talk to yourself for a while. Anyway, um, but that that's my point is it will be such a natural implementation. And sometimes if you're like, oh, I need to do that, but I'm just trying to get done with laundry day. Guess what? You can do it a little bit more perfectly now, not perfect, but a little more perfectly uh, because you've got the time. So, you know, be methodical about putting things in and going, oh, this doesn't fit. Well, what was on the bottom that hasn't been worn in three months, even though, you know, what, what was the thing that wasn't worn when something else was worn three times trying to get a couple more wears out of it because they love it so much, you know, whatever. But get rid of that stuff that hasn't been worn in a while and declutter some of that clothes. It's such a natural, easy way to do that. Here's one of my number one things that I recommend. Even though you feel like, oh, well, I've got all the time in the world. I mean, declutter however you want to. But if you're somebody who goes, oh, well, Dana's advice is the stuff that works for me. I'm going to encourage you to continue with my strategy for decluttering without making a bigger mess. Okay. I declutter without making a bigger mess by taking things where they go the minute that I figure out where they go by asking myself the question, where would I look for this first? 
the key to decluttering without causing a bigger mess is taking things to their home immediately. Okay, meaning I pull this tennis shoe out of the suitcase closet, whatever. And I ask myself, where would I look for this first? Or maybe it's even just easy. And I didn't even have to, ask, have to ask myself that question. But I pull this tennis shoe out. And I say I would look for tennis shoes first on the shelf by the back door. And I go ahead and I walk it to that shelf right now, even though it feels inefficient. It feels like I should just make a pile of stuff to go in that general direction when I'm done, except that those piles, if I get pulled away from this project in the middle of things, which if you've got kids at home, you're gonna get pulled away and you're gonna get distracted. And we already talked about how much more distractible we are right now and how hard it is to concentrate and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, if I set it aside, then I've just made a bigger mess if I have to step away, okay? But if I take it there right now and I can take anything else that I see that goes in that same general direction, go ahead and pull that and go take it as I go. But if I take it right now without ever setting it down, then when I get distracted, I've only made progress. I've only made progress. I've never made a bigger mess. My space is better off than it was when I started. Okay. So that strategy I feel is even more important right now because of the natural tendency for those of us who struggle with clutter to get overwhelmed anyway. So if we my stomach just growled. I don't know if y'all heard that or not, but just in case, I want you to know that that was a stomach growling. Okay, got it. All right, because um, it could have sounded like something else. <laughs> and now's when your kids wish they were listening. Um, okay, so as you make that progress, if you will declutter in this way, first of all, remember the fact that if you felt like it was a waste of time to do that in the past, well, guess what? Time is what you have now. So give it a try because you got the time anyway, and let yourself experience what it's like to declutter without making a bigger mess. And then that way, when distractions happen, you're never going to have the space worse than it was before. It's only going to be better and you're not going to be overwhelmed and less willing to start the next time. Because that was my problem when I would declutter the typical way, which is to pull everything out or to make piles or put things in keep boxes or whatever it was that I used to do before I figured this out, I would be less willing to even start decluttering the next time I needed to because of that frustration I had felt over my space being worse when I would declutter before. Make sense? Okay. Even if you are feeling overwhelmed and thinking, I just can't do it, Dana. I just can't do it right now. This is too much. Um, Give yourself permission to just do the first three steps of the decluttering process, to just do the trash the easy stuff and the duh, and to not worry about the stuff that you're going to even, even though my questions are so simple and non-emotional, give yourself permission to say, I'm not even going to get to that step, but I am going to look for trash. Okay. And as, or even just say, I'm going to take inventory of what we have. I'm just going to look through the stuff that we have because we need to know what we have and don't have right now. And as you go and take inventory, just take a trash bag and a donate box with you just in case. Okay. Just in case, but give yourself permission that I may not use it. I'm literally just going to take inventory, but generally when I take inventory, I find that there's trash. You know, I, it just gives me a realistic picture of, Oh, there's stuff in here that we wouldn't need no matter how crazy things get. Okay. All right. I hope this has been helpful. I appreciate you guys very much. Um, 
knowing that there are other people out there who most likely have some of these same feelings, even though yes, I'm the one saying it, but just from past experience of people saying, yes, I felt that too. That's very helpful to me. And just know that we're here um, when you hear other people complain about how they've cleaned everything in their house and there's nothing left to clean. (laughs) And just know there's others of us out here who will probably never complain of that in our lives. Anyway, you're not alone, I promise. But uh, just a couple reminders. This is a great time to read the book. If your libraries are closed right now, or uh, if you're listening to this future, whatever, a lot of libraries have copies. Um, even a lot of them have them on Kindle. So I don't know if you're able to check out books that way um, or go to you know Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you can buy books. Um, you can get the digital formats, the Kindle, Nook, all that kind of stuff. Bogo, and it's not Kobo, Kobo, yeah. Um, all those different kinds. It's in every format in audio, wherever you like to buy books so that you can get it digitally, not even have to leave your house and listen to that now while you got nothing better to do. And I don't cuss in either book. So you can totally play it while your kids are in the house and who knows, maybe it'll be helpful. Okay. I will talk to you guys next week. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Okay, bye.